1: You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. At the tone, the time will be 12 o'clock. Or not.
2: The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult.
0: From Mark Brzee's Darker Project's Night Terror series, here's the very first episode, The Man in the Chair. What do you do when the government you thought you knew turns out not to be everything you thought it was? Well, I don't know about you, audience, but I'd get my bum to the polls and add my voted voice to America's destiny. Let's listen now to The Man in the Chair.
1: You are in a land of darkness and fear. Somewhere between waking and sleeping are Night Terrors. Night Terrors, an anthology of horror and suspense. Tonight's episode, The Man in the Chair, written by Alan Beck. is in this place wherever or whatever it might be. From an unseen speaker quiet music plays but it does little to ease his fears. He has heard of places such as this but never in the worst of nightmares did he expect to find himself so confined
2: What is your name? Who wishes to know? Show yourself if you want me to tell you my name, or anything else.
3: You really should talk to us. It'll be so much simpler if you do.
2: Who's asking me these questions? I do not speak to those I can't see. What is your name?
4: Come on now, we don't have time to waste. You're not the only one who must be questioned, you know.
2: Questioned for what purpose? Why was I brought here? Where is this place? God did you do how did you make that happen what was that
5: what is your name surely that is not a difficult problem and you are not to ask any questions we will take care of that
3: please do not make us cause you discomfort it would distress me so much to see you in pain
2: how did i get here what is this place
6: please do not disobey us there's so much wasn't when you do don't you agree just answer our questions, it will be so much easier for all
2: of us. If I don't know what's going on, I can't answer your questions. Surely, whoever you are, you can see the logic from that position.
5: Quite true. All right. You are being held for interrogation at our discretion. That is all you need to know. Now, what is your name? But that's
2: not an answer. I'm not going to tell you anything simply based on some rather flimsy identification. Just tell me why I'm being held, and with what I'm being charged. Who said anything about any
3: charges? Did we say anything about any charges? We are merely asking you some questions. We ask everyone these questions eventually. That is correct.
4: No charges have been filed, so far as I know. But that is immaterial. Now what is your
2: name? If you have the right to hold me against my will, you must know my name.
6: Of course we know your name. We are not stupid but the law requires that you state your name freely for the record. A minor nuisance, but we are all stuck with it.
2: If there are no charges, then why must I speak for the record?
5: Because that is how things are done around here. Surely you would not have us do an improper job? I don't
2: even know what your so-called job is and how it applies to me.
5: Please don't get angry.
3: That will make the entire proceeding more difficult than it already is. Don't coddle the man.
4: He is here because we have summoned him for questioning in certain important matters. If he does not realize the
2: importance of such summons, it is our duty to make him aware. What summons? I was at home, in bed one moment, and here, under these rather nasty lights the next. I must insist that you tell me what all this is about, before I answer one single question.
5: Silence! You will answer our questions, or else we will be forced to use all means at our disposal. You wouldn't like some of them.
6: No, I'm afraid the methods can be extremely distasteful. I hope you won't force us to resort to them.
5: I can't
2: believe this is happening. Do you do this sort of thing often, or am I just a special case?
3: All our cases are special to us, aren't they, Number One?
5: They are. Now, I must ask you for the final time. What is your name? All right, if
2: you must have a name for your records, um. Call me Ishmael.
4: Mr. Ishmael, is it not true that on or about the day of September 4th, 1842, you were in command of a whaling boat that willfully and with malice sought out harmless whales for slaughter?
2: What are you talking about? Oh, the name. No, don't call me Ishmael. I think I like the name Adolf uh, Schlickelgrober or something
5: like that, yeah. Very well, Mr. Schlickelgrober. It is our understanding that under an assumed name, you did in fact commit or cause to be committed mass murders of innocent human beings. Do you deny this?
2: (laughs) This is too crazy. If you think I'm Adolf Hitler, you aren't really nuts. Look at me. I'm alive. And if I'm not mistaken, Hitler died a half century ago. Besides, you already said you know my name. Why bother with this nonsense?
6: We do not consider it nonsense. We are obligated to address the person who sits before us by whatever name he or she uses. And under that same name must we consider any possible offenses.
2: Okay then, let's see, who should I be now? I know, I'm Puddin' Tame. Ask me again and I'll tell you the same.
5: I don't seem to have that particular name in my files. That's all
2: right. I wouldn't expect the likes of you to know it. I think it is a lovely name. So, Melodic,
3: where did you find it?
2: From an old nursery I am, I learned as a kid. I used to drive my mother insane with it. Indeed.
4: Did you hear that, group? He has just confessed to driving his poor old mother insane. I, for one, have heard quite enough. I vote
6: for the severest punishment we can meet out. Now, don't get ahead of matters. I think he was merely being metaphorical. That is it, isn't it?
2: I'll be whatever you wish if I can just get this over with and I can get back to more important matters, like sleeping.
5: Until we are satisfied as to what you are guilty of, there are no more important matters. Is that clear?
2: Quite clear, but how can you judge my guilt if I'm not charged with any crime? We will
4: find something. We always do. Besides, everyone has done something wrong at some time in their lives.
6: Young man, I would think that by now, you would have realized just how much trouble you are in. Have you no concern for your future? For your family?
2: Since we haven't actually established that I have a pass, I can hardly see how my future could be in jeopardy.
3: Have you decided on the name under which we are to consider any possible charges, should there be any, as there are none now pending?
6: What
2: the hell are you
6: talking about? Watch your tongue. The improper use of language to this court is enough to ensure a guilty verdict.
2: Then no matter what I say, you can decide however you wish. Is that how this works?
5: How else could it work?
2: Then I'll have no part in these proceedings. Feel free to go ahead without me.
5: But we must have your full cooperation. The law demands it.
2: I seem to recall a comment about such a law.
5: How quaint. A literary
6: reference. You are a friend to Dickens, are you not? You bet your ass. I see that I must remind you again of the absolute need for respect for this council. Ah!
2: You really don't have to do that just for me, you know.
5: Oh, but we insist. You must cooperate. That is final.
6: You really must, you know. We have means at our disposal to insure it, as you may have noticed.
2: Oh, I noticed all right. About three hundred volts worth, if you know what I mean. Now you really have me scared shitless. Must
5: I remind you again to observe proper decorum? So far,
2: the only thing I've really observed is this bare dirty room and a rather dirty light bulb. I take it you people don't clean around here much.
3: I understand what you are trying to do, but it won't work. No one has ever successfully managed to detract us from this
6: extremely important work.
2: What exactly is this work you keep referring
6: to? Why, seeking truth and justice, of course. It is our sworn duty to
5: see to it that all citizens are protected from wrongdoing, except those who are guilty. It is presumed that all who come before us are guilty of something, and it is
4: up to us to discover the crime and offer up the proper punishment.
2: Again with the guilty bit. I have done nothing that could be considered a violation of any law that I know of.
3: If you are here, you must be guilty of something.
5: Sorry I asked. No need to apologize. We can hardly expect the accused to understand the process. That would give them an advantage that would be unthinkable.
2: We surely don't want that, do we?
3: You said we. Are you implying some kind of
6: connection between us and you?
2: Hardly. I simply mean that I would never expect to have any advantage. That wouldn't be a proper procedure.
6: I think he's beginning to understand
4: how we work. Do you think so? That would certainly be a step forward.
2: All I understand at this point is that I'm in a room, God knows where, answering ridiculous questions for people I can't see, under a light that would blind Ray Charles. Please tell me what this is all about.
5: I thought we had made that quite clear. You are being interrogated about certain crimes you may or may not have committed. All citizens eventually have to answer for their actions. This just happens to be your turn.
2: You mean I was picked at random? With no other reason than that?
6: You make it sound so... How shall I put it? So tawdry.
4: Isn't it? Young man, you still refuse to see the sense of it all. If we had to wait for specific accusations, think of all the time we would waste.
5: Quite right. This way, we are always on top of matters. No waste, no unnecessary bother. All neat and tidy, wouldn't you say?
2: But what if the person you happen to select has done nothing to warrant detention?
5: But you see, everyone has done
3: something at some time in their lives. Have you never jaywalked? Never torn the tags off of pillowcases? Thrown a bit of trash on the ground? Lied about your taxes? Taken a magazine from a newsstand? You see how
5: comprehensive and complicated all this can be.
2: But these are not crimes worthy of such concentrated effort. Why bother with a trivial offense?
5: No offense is too trivial. No crime too small. We cannot make any exceptions. All must answer to justice.
6: This way, you see, we avoid all of the mess of arrests, trials, all those unseemly events that consume so much time and resources. We merely question each selectee until we find a crime, and then we pass sentence.
2: Sounds simple enough, but it still begs the question, innocence
5: before guilt? How delightfully naive. Of course it does, dear boy. That is the beauty of it. We only have to consider guilt. Innocence is not even an issue. No one is truly innocent in the eyes of the law. That is what makes this system so efficient.
2: But you must have a name for the records before you can act accordingly to the proper procedure.
5: Precisely. Now
6: can we proceed?
2: But of course. But I should inform you of one small detail. I still refuse to give you my name.
6: But you can't refuse. It wouldn't be proper.
2: Perhaps not, but it seems you can't get along without me.
5: If you would just tell us your real name, we could dispense with all this unpleasantness. But I already made myself
2: quite clear on this matter. Until I know who you are... And by what authority you're holding me, I will tell you nothing. We operate
4: under the authority of society and on its behalf. I thought that would have been obvious to you
6: by now.
2: When did any member of society vote to give away so much to so
5: few?
6: But this required no vote. At least, not directly.
5: None whatever. You must have noticed over time how little the members of society cared for such detail. Everyone hated the idea of serving on juries. The idea of being tried by one's peers was always a cruel jest. Imagine how absurd it is to assume that twelve people who never hear the news and know nothing of the world beyond television could reach a just conclusion in any matter.
2: Don't forget the lawyers. Of
4: course not. They still have their place having secretaries fill out papers for outlandish fees. But we do the real work these days. We let them go through the motions, but no real trials take
3: place anymore. It was almost a natural progression, really. As most people began to care less, some began to care more for order, structure, all the elements that make any society function smoothly. These people made sure the system was changed to include those necessary elements.
2: All the elements except the most important. And what might that be? Individual rights.
3: Individual rights indeed. Surely you, an obviously intelligent man, gave up believing in such nonsense long ago. The only rights, as you
4: call them, belong to the collective good. What other anachronistic ideas do you subscribe to?
2: You mean, do I still believe in Santa Claus? No. But I'd like to.
6: The notion of individual rights disappeared right after individual responsibility. If society is to take over all responsibility, all guarantees of safety and security, It must also take over all decisions of conscience. You must have seen it coming.
2: Maybe I did, but why didn't anyone object?
6: A few did for a while,
5: but nobody really cared anymore. Gradually, this system of justice evolved inevitably, under careful guidance. Of course, we left the old system in place for appearance's sake. But it does only what we choose for it to do. It was almost too easy, really. We... The real owners of power were already taking property, ruining lives, other equally devious things with the full cooperation of all but a few diehards such as yourself.
2: But you missed a couple of important items, didn't you? What do you mean? It still takes a full cooperation for your little system to work. You are stopped cold if anyone, me for instance, refuses to cooperate.
5: An unfortunate oversight. I dare say the fellow responsible for that mistake has already been called to account. But what else did we overlook?
2: That's enough, wouldn't you say?
3: Also true, but we did manage to make allowance for such situations.
2: What would that be?
3: We hold you indefinitely and proceed
4: to the next person on our lists. When you're ready to cooperate, we get back to you eventually.
6: All neat and tidy.
2: I figured as much, but something still puzzles me. What is that? Why have I never heard of this so-called system of justice of yours?
6: But you have. Think about the cases reported in the press of missing persons. Some of them are truly missing or dead, but some are our guests, mostly waiting for the various councils to get to them, or, in a few cases, confirmation of names, just as we are with you. Didn't you ever wonder what happened to Jimmy Hawthor or Elvis? There are thousands of
3: citizens just like you awaiting their turn. Most probably think they overlooked a parking ticket.
5: Only a few actually ever refuse to cooperate. Most people are so conditioned to yielding to authority. Any authority. That they would never question a summons. I don't
2: believe any of this. You claim to be able to take anyone at random and wait until they confess some crime, however meaningless. Then you pass judgment on them.
4: That is precisely what we do. You still seem surprised at all this.
2: You have to admit, it sounds very suspect.
3: Suspect?
2: In what way? The whole of society is out there somewhere with no clue whatsoever that at any given moment, its members can be snatched up and brought here and illegally questioned.
5: It is very legal, I assure you. We are the law. And besides, we could always do it. And always have.
2: But I am not represented by counsel.
6: As we said, lawyers are no longer needed for such theatrics. And we are all better off for it, if you ask me. In time,
3: we will be able to do away with the remnants of the old system. It ceased to be useful long ago, if ever it was of any value in the first place. I never did care much for trials and all the attendant hoopla...
2: Okay, so you have the legal authority to pull me in here and do whatever it is that you wish to. What happens if I should, oh, but probably won't, cooperate?
6: We search your records for any violations and ask you about those we may have overlooked. We almost
5: never overlook any.
6: As I was saying, we ask you about any others you might wish to confess. Then we consider the situation and, eventually, pass judgment.
2: Shades of Fagin.
6: Another
5: Dickens reference. How absolutely wonderful. May we please get back to the subject here? We are not having a game of trivia. You could have fooled me.
2: Young man,
3: you must be aware by now that we hold your fate in our hands.
5: Oh, I get it.
2: You're from the insurance company.
6: We control them, too, if that is what you mean.
2: Never mind. I should have guessed. I don't suppose you overlooked Congress.
5: They were the first on the list. Second, if you count the press. I stand corrected.
2: How long would you take to reach a decision?
6: It depends on several factors. The nature and number of your offenses, how crowded our calendar is at the moment, although we do try to finish each case in turn, vacations, you understand.
2: I suppose you stay quite busy.
4: You have no idea just how busy. Why, I haven't seen my family for three years. Just another missing person? No, I'm not... Oh, I see. A joke. I didn't think it was funny.
2: That's alright. I'll try harder next time. Next time? You intend to continue this ridiculous charade? Only until I get a laugh. Then you're on your own.
3: I thought you understood this was not a laughing matter.
2: Ah! You're right. That's not funny.
5: Now can we get back to business? What is your name?
2: Not this again. It's really starting to get on my nerves.
3: What is your name?
5: Oswald. Oswald what? Lee Harvey Oswald. Do you realize the penalty for murder, Mr. Oswald?
2: Do you realize my bladder is about to burst?
4: No break until we finish. That is one of the rules. Your name, please. Pacino. Al. Mr. Pacino, may I say how honored to have you here?
5: Can we please get on with it? Your name... Sorry, no tiki, no speakey. Your name,
6: for the final time.
2: No, for the final time.
6: I move we take a recess and give our guest a chance to consider his position.
2: My favorite position is missionary, and I majored in recess. Silence.
5: Very well. We shall adjourn for one hour. After that time, I trust we will be able to finish this quickly with no bother.
2: Oh, it's no bother. Really, take your time. I'm sure you plan to.
4: I like you. I admire spirit, but this could get nasty if you don't change your attitude. After all, we are doing this for the good of everyone, yourself included.
2: Oh, please, don't trouble yourself on my account. I was just doing fine until all this started.
3: Are we all agreed. We reconvene in one hour. You, my dear fellow, will be allowed one minute to relieve yourself. You will then return to the chair, where we trust you will reconsider your obstinate nature. Do you have anything you wish to add to the record before we go?
2: Yes. This has to be a
5: joke, right? Mr. Adams, Edward G. Adams of 100 East River Drive, we never make jokes. Session adjourned for one hour.
1: Cruel joke. The council says it does not joke. A nightmare? It could be. But for anyone who finds themselves in a chair under a bare light bulb, the nightmare is just beginning. <laughs> <laughs> You have been listening to Night Terrors, an anthology of horror and suspense. The Man in the Chair, written by Alan Beck. Featured in the cast were Eric Busby as the man, Mark Kalita, Ellie Hirschman, Victoria Sampson, and Chris Snyder as the interrogators. Your host is Harbinger. The executive director and producer of Night Terrors is Mark Brzee. Audio engineer, Chris Snyder. Executive producer of Darker Projects Audio Works is Eric Busby. Until next time, sleep well.
0: Hi, my name is Tracy Babian, co-author of the Carlson Chronicles podcast. My husband, J.A. Babian, the main author, had a triple stroke in the latter part of August of this year. Jerry was lifelighted to Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a brain bleed that the doctors thought they were going to have to do surgery on him, which surely would have killed him. Thank the Lord they didn't. He survived that brain bleed and swelling, but he is in need of so much for his recovery. I have started a GoFundMe to help with all the costs that I just don't have. I retired back in April of this year so that I could take care of Jerry as he was starting to show signs then that I just didn't catch. Little did I know this would be a blessing in disguise. He is fighting this setback of memory loss and 75% use of his right leg, arm, along with his cognitive speech. Considering the doctor said he would not make it, I consider him to be a miracle. Medicare has only granted 12 visits of physical and speech therapy twice a week. He needs at least six months' worth of speech therapy alone. That is a total of $4,000 we need to pay up front that I just don't have. So far, we have had $775 in donations of the $10,000 we need come in. Please donate today so that he can get his needed medication, therapy, and also help pay bills at Medicare just will not cover, even if it's only $5. I update this account so folks can see his progress. You can go to my Facebook account, Tracy Babian VO, to find the pinned link with the title, Jerry Babian Stroke Victim Needs. Jerry says, thank you. I still have a lot to write on my stories that I want to get done. Please help me to achieve that goal. Thank you in advance for your donation. Tracy Babian